The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Good morning, everybody. Dick Gabriel sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. We welcome you to the Leach Report. Tom is saving his strength. He is building his stamina for the Kentucky-Louisville game coming up. And, man, that is turning into a big one for both teams. We'll talk about that this morning with the likes of Chris Fisher, Kent Spencer, and Kyle Tucker. It's a it's an all-star lineup of guests today. And, of course, uh, all the guests on the Leach Report come to you via the Kentucky Hemp Works hotline. So let's get right into the Wildcat news of the day from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio through my garage. How about that? Uh, you probably saw this on social media, but the postseason awards are starting to roll in. And when it comes to the football Wildcats, four Wildcats have earned all SEC coaching, uh, all SEC honors per the coaches. And no surprise that three of the four are on that big blue wall. Landon Young named first team, and Darian Kennard and uh, Drake Jackson have been named to the second team. So uh, tremendous recognition for those guys who together will play one more game, of course, if everybody stays healthy. And I say that because South Carolina, uh, which has just been riddled with COVID problems this year, including its game with Kentucky, had to drop out of its bowl game. So fingers crossed that the Wildcats uh, remain healthy, at least enough people remain healthy, to play the game down in Jacksonville on January 2nd. And also one other honoree, and that is at linebacker, J.J. Weaver was named to the all freshman team a lot of you out there are wondering i among you uh, why jamin davis got no recognition you know and the other thing to remember about this kentucky team as you know one of two teams to complete the schedule one of two teams to play every game no postponements and things like that that's uh, whatever that says about the team you know they dealt with as much or more as anybody so and davis every time he played would draw rave reviews from uh, broadcasters and journalists. So, uh, you know, there's always next year, I guess. Uh, The baseball Wildcats getting some preseason recognition. Uh, Austin Schultz and John Rhodes have been named preseason All-Americans by Collegiate Baseball. Schultz is an infielder. John Rhodes, an outfielder. Played some infield last year, but was moved to the outfield. He's a terrific athlete, obviously, and can play uh, anywhere. Schultz was named second team, second baseman. After he hit 393 last year, Rhodes, just a freshman last year in his first season of college baseball, truncated as it was, was named to the third team, hitting 426. Maybe they get to play this year. Maybe they get to play a full season. L.A. Lakers gave out their championship rings last night in a modest ring ceremony, modest because there were no fans. But two former Wildcats received their championship rings, Anthony Davis, Picked up his first ring, and so did 
Frank Vogel, the coach, remember now, the coach of the Lakers, was on, was at Kentucky. And I mean a low-level staffer when he was at U.K., but he is still a U.K. product. So those two gentlemen opened the season last night. Clippers actually beat them, but they got their rings. Uh, the fans will get to celebrate together at some point when they are allowed into the arena. The uh, Lakers did not lower the championship banner. They will save that for the night that the fans get back that's a good touch all right we'll take our first break and when we come back chris fisher of the cat's paws and chris fisher 247 on twitter he'll join us right here on the leech report it's the leech report on talk radio 1080 coming up next it's kentucky sports radio with matt jones Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats. And let us immediately go to the uh, Kentucky Hemp Works hotline and bring in Chris Fisher of 247 Sports and the Cats Paws. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Got the feet up and all the Christmas shopping is done and the presents are all wrapped, right? Yeah, now we just wait. (laughs) Well, well, Kentucky fans are hoping that they get good news for Christmas maybe a day late. Uh, And there's a little debate, or there has been. I don't think there is any debate, Chris, that maybe not for UofL, but i got to think this Kentucky-Louisville game coming up is a must-win for the Wildcats. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how you choose to look at this season as a fan. Uh, but either way, yeah, I think I'm not big into must-win games, but I think you have to start finding some footing at some point if you're this Kentucky team and beating Louisville and, and going into SEC play on a positive note, I think would be, would be absolutely huge for this team. On one hand, you're one and five, you know, worst start in almost a hundred years, worst, you know, first five game losing streaks in almost, uh, or more than 30 years. And then, but on the other hand, you know, you played a good half against Richmond. You played a good half against Kansas. You played a good half against Notre Dame. You played a good half against North Carolina. Those are all top 25 or top 25 caliber teams and so there are some encouraging signs for this team and as John Calipari said on Monday I think they're playing better I think they're doing some better things it's just a matter of doing those things for longer periods of time and putting together a full 40 minutes and as we've seen with John Calipari's really young teams that is hard for a young team to do is to sustain that type of play for for a full 40 minutes you know it might be unfair but I was expecting more from the transfers the guys who uh, had that college experience and I say it might be unfair because they're trying to assimilate just as the freshmen are into a new situation which is wildly different from what they've been used to uh, to seeing in college basketball and they're trying to build relationships on the court with with raw recruits raw freshmen um, were were you in the same boat were you expecting more from the transfers or did you see this coming um, I think I expected more from Olivier Saar, but, you know, you look back in recent years, and this is no disrespect to Reed Travis or Nate Sestina or, you know, Davion Mintz or Olivier Saar or those guys, but 
As far as grad transfers go, I think we've seen enough to understand that those guys aren't going to be game changers. They're not going to be saviors for a Kentucky basketball team. Maybe if they go somewhere else, that would be the case. But, you know, these guys are grad transfers, I guess, for a reason. They're not going to come in and, and be the difference for your basketball team. Now, they can be very nice complimentary pieces. Reed Travis had a very specific role on that team. Nate Sestina had a very specific role last season. Uh, Kentucky, you know, needed some experience in the backcourt and the frontcourt for this team. And and Davion Mintz and Olivier Saar both have provided that. But grad transfers aren't going to be your star and, you know, carry you from – from night to night. And that being said, I, you know, I think we saw some really good things out of Davion Mintz against North Carolina. And Olivier Sars kind of been up and down, but that's been tied to him being in foul trouble. He mm-hmm. just, you know, commits some really, really dumb fouls at times and has, has had trouble staying on the court. Fully agree. And his foul 60 feet from the basket, I think, uh, was, was one of the turning points in that loss to North Carolina. A few minutes left with Chris Fisher of 247 Sports. What do you look for in this Louisville-Kentucky game, Chris? Because UofL minus arguably its best player just destroyed by Wisconsin. So you know the Cardinals are going to be looking to, to, to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, Louisville hasn't really been you know world beaters this season either. And uh, like you said, they took a pounding against um, – uh, Wisconsin on Saturday, one of their biggest losses, I think, in school history, and um, bounced back against Pitt last night and got a, a much-needed ACC win. But, you know, this is kind of a, an interesting scenario. I think you could still argue there might be more pressure on Louisville to win this game on Saturday than, yeah. than there is Kentucky. Because if Louisville can't get Kentucky on Saturday, win when will it happen? That's the question that uh, that you have to ask yourself. But um, I, I think for Kentucky, you just you want to see more sustained, you know, improvement. You want to yeah. see better play, and whether they can continue that over the you know not just one half or you know thirty minutes, but put together a, a full forty minutes heading into uh, to SEC play. We have seen basically three different point guards running the show for Kentucky, and I firmly believe it's like football. Uh, where if you have two or three quarterbacks, you don't have one. I feel the same way about point guards. Where are you on that? And then what what have you seen? What would you like to see from that position? Yeah, I, I think to me uh, that was the biggest problem in the first couple of games. It just seemed as though Dave, uh, Davion Mintz and Devin Askew really couldn't create any kind of separation uh, with the dribble and therefore couldn't create shots for themselves and couldn't get by someone in order to create a shot for for someone else and put some pressure on the defense. I did think uh, Davion Mintz and Devin Askew were, were much improved against North Carolina. John Calipari credited Devin Askew for taking some really hard coaching and, and really getting a lot better over the last couple of weeks, and I think we've seen that. I don't think Terrence Clark is quite ready to assume those point guard duties on a full-time basis. I think he shows some signs, but also think he you know shows some inconsistency and has a tendency still to to turn the ball over and you know I think that's where it starts for this Kentucky yeah. team is not only taking care of the basketball from the point guard position and really setting the table and getting guys in you know the positions they need to be in to score 
but also the positions they're comfortable being in. I think with a lack of point guard play, guys are just catching the ball in position situations that they're not really comfortable with, and that's leading to uh, to some turnovers. But I do think that that situation uh, is improving, and Devin Askew's just a freshman, and he still has a, a very high ceiling. Whatever happens in UK U of L, Chris Fisher will be covering it for 247 Sports and the Cats Bus. Chris, have a great holiday, and I uh, hope to see you soon. You too. Thanks, Gabe. Have a good one. It. And when we come back, Kent Spencer joined us here on the Leech. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Welcome back. Dick Gabriel sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. Let us go back to the Kentucky Hemp Works hotline where we find lurking there. Kent Spencer of WHAS-TV. Uh, how are you doing, young man? I'm doing well, my friend. And you? I am well, thank you. And I'm sure your household is crazy with the young'uns getting ready for Christmas. But uh, we need to talk a little UK L basketball. You have covered this game from both ends of the interstate. And I'm wondering what kind of uh, angle you're checking right now because L bounces back with a win, but it's still smarting from the loss to Wisconsin. And Kentucky's a mess over here. How do you see it? Yeah, you know, I mean... I think honestly, like this is going to be the least buzz game kind of of the rivalry that yeah. I've ever remembered. Just because both teams aren't ranked in the top twenty-five, both teams are really struggling. But you know, to be cu- quite honest, I mean, you know, in the first time in a long time, both teams really, really need the game. I mean, yeah. you know, there's every year both teams want the game, but this year both teams really, really need it. First off, you know, it's it's been a while since since Louisville's you know gotten a win, and and since John Calipari's been the at Kentucky, he's dominated the series. But, you know, look, Kentucky's lost five in a row. They have to have a win. I mean, they're, you know, I think this year the NCAA selection committee is going to be a little bit lenient, you know, if you can get on a run or anything like that, just because it's been such an odd year and the late start and, you know, all of that. But, uh, you know, at some point you got to start winning some games. Yeah, and, you know, this this team has shown, this Kentucky team, has shown signs in different games, a half here and a run there, but has really yet to put together a 40, 40 solid minutes. And that's what it's going to take, isn't it? Yeah, and and I'll say this, Dick. I mean, you know, and, and there could be so many breakdowns of Kentucky, but I think for me, you know, ultimately, like Terrence Clark and Brandon Boston, they've got to play like the players that they were ranked coming yeah. out of high school. Yeah. Um, they got to be, they, you know, Everybody has to have superstars, and if you're going to be one of the top teams in the, excuse me, in the country, and they've got to be superstars, and they just haven't been, and they haven't been consistent. But I think those two players, you know, those are the ones that that really stick out to me that says, look, their game has to go to another level. What do you see in the Cardinals uh, that that gives you a little bit of hope that they that obviously Wisconsin game that margin was a fluke, but uh, that that they could go on a roll. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Carly Jones didn't play that game. Right. Now, does he make up 37 points? No. But, you know, when he was in shape before their shutdown, you know, he was their best player. And so you take him out. You know, Chris Mack said, you know, the one thing that was – a couple things that was really missing in that game was communication and, and, you know, there was a lack of toughness. Well, you know, Carly Jones brings both of those to the table. And I think that 
you know, I kind of said this about, and we're going to change sports and we're going to change teams just for a second. You know, Clemson-Notre Dame, they played. Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence in the first game. Right. And Notre Dame wins that game, and it's a close game. And I came back, and, and before the second game, I said, well, the difference is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I said, you know, I mean, they would have won the first game, but he energizes everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, when you have a guy like that on the floor or, or on the field, he even energizes the defense. You know, he energizes the big men. And um, I still think they would have lost that game, but it would have been, you know, a closer game um, than what it was. And, and look, they were, they were, you know, Mac even said it before the game, like, this team is not in shape right now just because of that long layoff. I mean, you know, yeah. before that game, they hadn't played since December 1st. Um, but I think, with you know, Carly Jones, David Johnson, I mean, to be honest, Entering a Louisville-Kentucky basketball game, it's it's hard not to say that Louisville doesn't have the best two players on the floor. Yeah. At least th- th- what we've seen out of this season, that's been that's I think that's been the case. I agree because it's not about rep; it's about how are you playing. And you know, you've got a lot of Kentucky players with those high uh, reputations, those high profiles, but they've not lived up to them as of yet consistently. We've said again, we've seen signs of it. But they've just been so inconsistent. Uh, but you know what? You, you we may just see this is a, a, as you pointed out a really different walk up to this game. But we've seen some great games in this in this series. We might see a great one because they're both so hungry. Well, and and the one thing that I'll say is 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 you can tell, and just because you've seen flashes of it, it's in there. Yeah. Now, whether you can get it out there on that Saturday and whether you can get it out consistently, um, and, and I'm talking about both teams, you know, that always remains to be seen. But, you know, it's, it's, it's in there. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, we, we've had games that, you know, one of the teams haven't been playing good, this and this, but then all of a sudden, you know, it's like magic hits when that ball's tipped, you know, yeah. on that Saturday. It really is. i got less than a minute left, but – Kentucky, in some corners, a favorite in its bowl game with NC State. Ken, what do you make of that? I have no idea what to make of it. <laughs> That's honest. You know look, it is the season, and I just want to be honest with you. I have no idea what to make of it because, look, I mean, Kentucky struggled so bad offensively. They don't have an offensive coordinator. You know, they're between offensive coordinators right now. Um, there's just a lot of things going on. But somebody sees something, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, you know, the or you know the the people that build the the big casinos out in Vegas, they're not a big believer in anybody in the ACC other than Clemson yeah. and yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, You're that right. maybe you know it may not be about what Kentucky has showed. It may be about what they they don't believe in NC State. Right. Kent, thank you so much. Have a great holiday, you and the and the family, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. All righty. And there's more to come. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Leach Report. Look for The Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Welcome back. It is The Leach Report. Dick Gabriel sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. And as we have mentioned Kentucky Bowl action coming up as the Wildcats will take on NC State, and you will hear it on uh, most of these Leach Report stations. But um, as I said earlier, you, you have to keep an eye on teams that are not staying healthy, and 
bowl games have been canceled and teams have had to back out. And thankfully, for those of us who love college football and those of us who love covering college football, it's uh, it's been amazing that the Wildcats have been able to stay healthy enough to play in every one of their games regularly scheduled. So uh, just keep an eye on social media and uh, mainstream media uh, to see if the Wildcats remain healthy enough to play in that bowl game. Uh, I like their chances right now as well as uh, NC State. We mentioned that the uh, Lakers handed out championship rings last night, and uh, UK put out a release yesterday afternoon uh, trumpeting the fact that the NBA season was underway and put out a list of all the former Kentucky players in the NBA. Wildcats lead the league and former players on opening day rosters with a total of 31 the next closest, Duke, with 26. And so with that many players in the league, as you might expect, several teams have multiple Wildcats on their rosters. And, and of course, you've got to make the team. Uh, and the, the final rosters, of course, are a reflection of that because, for instance, uh, there was a uh, uh, report that Scala Bissier had been traded to the Knicks, but he didn't make the squad. Uh, but the Knicks lead the league right now in Wildcats with Kevin Knox, Nerlens Noel, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle, as well as Kenny Payne on the sidelines for the Knicks. And um, Julius Randle got some love from the New York Post of all papers. The New York media is really tough, uh, of course, on everybody, uh, politicians, athletes, whoever, unless somebody's writing a warm and fuzzy story. Uh, but if you make the back page of the New York Post, generally it comes with big headlines. I don't know that this story was on the back page, but um, a guy named Mike Vaccaro wrote a complimentary story about Julius Randle, who was only 26 years old. Think about that. Uh, he hasn't been here for, let's see now, six years but that's how young he was when he when he left Kentucky after the one year, led the Wildcats to the championship game, and he's bounced around a little bit, but landed with the Knicks. And last year, he averaged nearly 20 points and was 18 rebounds away from 10 rebounds a game. So for a guy who took some criticism from media and fans because shot selection, turnovers, things like that, he was still productive, and he nearly averaged a double-double for the New York Knickerbockers. So now he is trying to uh, provide leadership for that team, which has uh, just a lot of youth on it. Although Nerlens Noel is a year older, or at least left Kentucky a year prior to Julius Randle. But, of course, he's more of a specialized guy when it comes to defense. So, yeah, Kentucky fans will keep an eye on what they're calling now the Kentucky Knicks. You've got to think, though, that Kenny Payne's influence is great up there when it comes to – signing free agents and and playing these guys because obviously he worked with them in a one-on-one basis, knows what kind of people they are, and can go to the head coach, can go to the front office and say, this guy's a good locker room guy. This guy will bust his butt. You know, we need guys like this. And maybe they're just players to get them from one point to the next, but you don't become NBA relevant overnight. And the Knicks, who haven't won a championship since the early 70s, are trying to do just that. The Charlotte Hornets have multiple Wildcats, Malik Monk, Nick Richards, P.J. Washington, um, Oklahoma City as well with Hamadou Diallo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Darius Miller, 
who was uh, on that championship team for Calipari. He left uh, UK, of course, after that was his senior year. He'll be on the. He is on the uh, the OKC roster, and then of course Minnesota has three Wildcats and Ashton Hagens, Carl Anthony Towns, and remember Jared Vanderbilt landed in Minnesota. So you've got three players with the Timberwolves. Other franchises have a couple of Wildcats, most notably the Rockets with DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. And you know about the Heat with Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Boy, did they get a lot of ink last year. And then Eric Bledsoe and Wenyon Gabriel, Cousin Wenyon on the Pelicans, and then the Spurs with Keldon Johnson and Trey Lyles. So uh, you may not be an NBA fan, but a Kentucky fan, you'll keep an eye on uh, on those rosters, especially the rosters with lots of Kentucky Wildcats. We'll take a break. We're back with more. Dick Gabriel sitting in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Leach Report. In all candor, we are having some issues trying to connect with Kyle Tucker, and we will let you know if and when we reach the U.K. beat writer for The Athletic. Last night, they played the Idaho Potato Bowl, and Nevada won it. The, excuse me, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Actually played yesterday afternoon. And uh, Nevada Wolfpack beat Tulane 38-27 to up in Boise and scored three touchdowns in the second quarter. So in the final seconds of the fourth quarter, when they knew they were going to win, the Wolfpack went to celebrate. So what do you do? You, know, you grab the big bucket of Gatorade, right, and dump it on the coach or whoever, dump it on each other. But they went more local than the Nevada players. They dumped the Gatorade all over their coach, of course. But it was actually not Gatorade in that cooler. It was full of French fries. They covered their coach in French fries with a nod, of course, toward uh, the local delicacy, if you will. But um, there were 17 seconds left on the clock. And dumping Gatorade or water onto the field is one thing, because, of course, it disappears. But, and mind you, they were playing on the blue field up in Boise. That's at Boise State University. You've seen it on TV if you've been up late flipping the dial. But, of course, French fries can't soak in. So now you've got out in front of the, the on the field, on the playing surface, in front of the bench, French fries everywhere. So they get penalized, which had to be a first in the history of college football, 15 yards, unsportsmanlike conduct for dumping French fries on the field. Set up the last two-lane touchdown as uh, one of their players ran it in from 65 yards out. I doubt if it affected. Maybe it did, the final uh, point spread. But, yeah, 15-yard penalty for uh, dumping French fries on the turf. Join now. He's stepping in. Coming up, our deep and talented bench, Steve Moss, WKYT-TV senior videographer. And I called Mossy, actually Shannon the dude did, because uh, in talking to Ken Spencer, uh, and I mentioned to Ken, he's covered this Kentucky-Louisville rivalry forever. Well, so have I, and so is Mossy. And, uh, Steve, I don't know if you're going to be able to shoot that game, if you're going to be allowed in the building, but you have covered 
just about every UK UFL game since you got into the business as a sports videographer. This has got to be the strangest walk-up to this game, not just because of COVID, but because of what both teams have been going through with UFL being just destroyed by Wisconsin before bouncing back with Pitt, and you know the Kentucky problems. It's a strange time we're living in, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Dick. And and for me personally, this will be the first UFL game I've missed in a while because uh, our company, Gray TV, out of Atlanta, uh, due to proto- uh, protocols with COVID, we're not allowed to travel outside of our home market. So even though it's only 70 miles down the road, we're not allowed to cover the, the, the game. So this will be the first one I've missed. Man, I, I couldn't tell you the last one that I did miss. But to your point, yeah, I mean, you know, Kentucky fans are just like uh, shocked and bewildered trying to figure out, just as John Calipari is, you know, what's going on with their team. And then down the road, you know, U of L not having the, the best of seasons to start out with either. So uh, it is a very strange walk up to this game. And, and uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen on Saturday. Yeah. And by the way, I worked forever at WKYT where Steve works, but retired at the end of last year. It's been almost a year. How about that? Uh, yeah, I knew you guys couldn't travel, but uh, like you can't go to the bowl game, but you can't even go over to Louisville? We're not allowed to travel outside of our home market, which wow. means that, uh, you know, we could we could probably go as far west as like Shelbyville. Yeah. But technically, we're not allowed to travel inside the Louisville TV market. Wow. Um, you know, we've asked about it. We've asked for exceptions because it is UK U of L, but uh, no dice. So wow. we'll be uh, we'll be watching it from TV from from the from the studio, watching it on TV just like everybody else. Talking to Steve Moss, the WKYT here in Lexington on the Kentucky Hemp Works Hotline. Uh, Kentucky, as you know, has lost five straight, and it, it's. I was thinking about this the other day, Steve, and you've covered football for a long time. It was early in the football season where Mark Stoops said he was having a hard time discerning just how to reach this team. And it's been that kind of year for the football Cats. And, of course, there are a lot of factors at play. But I think COVID has something to do with that. And I clearly think it does with this basketball team. And, yes, everybody's had to deal with it. But with Calipari putting together a team with Keon Brooks on the sidelines, there is nobody on this team right now who ever played together prior to the first game this season. Now, they, they played some pickup and stuff, but even that was limited. I think, this may be hyperbole, I think that the, the times we're in right now has affected this Kentucky team maybe as much as any in all of college basketball. What do you say? Well, I, I would agree with you. I think there are several factors. You know, let's let's just start with uh, the departure of Kenny Payne, who, who as we all know, you know, when it comes to, to John Calipari and, and his staff, Kenny's kind of the good cop to John's bad cop. Yep. Uh, Kenny, Kenny worked with the big guys and, and we're, you know, what we see out of guys like Olivier Saar and Lance Ware, uh, you know, Kentucky fans are scratching their heads. Are these guys as good as advertised? Um, uh, you know, you've got the whole, uh, preseason thing, uh, leading up to practice. There was no madness. There was no blue white game. Uh, there were no fans. Um, you know, I, I think this team would benefit from playing games in front of fans at, sure. at Rupp Arena. Uh, maybe not so much on the road, but who knows? 
but but you know just all of that stuff that that, that you're talking about you know uh, because of covid and because of the protocols put in place yeah i think it's definitely affected this team and then you know these guys just aren't knocking down shots either so uh you know as Cal likes to say, you can be a shot taker, just don't be a shot misser. You know, you got to be a shot maker. Yeah. So uh, when shots when shots do start to fall, I think maybe the body language improves. Uh, you know, the you see guys playing a little more spirited, a little more harder. But uh, you know, they're just not making shots right now, and, and and that's just a big big as big a mystery as as this whole COVID thing is. I fully agree. I, I I'm amazed. I, I thought this team would have trouble. You know, kind of learning to play together, but I never thought scoring and making shots would be a problem uh, on this team. But now there's a problem. It looks like with chemistry, with uh, Cameron Fletcher, uh, you know, being asked to step away from the team, and that's got to be more, Steve, than just uh, an emotional outburst at the end of a game. Uh, you know, and you don't know what else is going on. Kyle Tucker uh, reported on uh, a, what, what he, as he put it on the Athletic. A uh, power struggle about playing time in the locker room. So, uh, you know, Calipari has been lauded and rightfully so for getting his teams to mesh uh, kids at such a young age. But something's going on with this team. Something is definitely going on with this team, and and you know, winning cures all ills. We all know that, and and I think this team needs to find a way to win. I think they need to win at Louisville. Uh, I think that would would go a long way in, in maybe trying to right the ship. But as you know, the problem now becomes we're playing for seeding. Uh, you know, at this point, Kentucky's not even going to make the NCAA That's right. Unless they were to run the table at the SEC tournament. So they have put themselves squarely behind the eight ball, and uh, there's no margin for error at this point moving forward in the season if they're planning to make another another NCAA tournament. My concern is that because of COVID, the season may be cut short at some point in an interest to get an interest in getting everybody healthy, so there can be an NCAA tournament March Madness. Because right. as everybody has said, and even Mike Shashevsky, who now has questioned whether or not they ought to be playing, back in August he said we can't lose another another March Madness. But maybe you know if they shut things down to preserve the health of these teams, it may be at a time where Kentucky doesn't have enough wins, right? Yeah, that's that's a true possibility, and at this point, you know, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, you know, I hate to admit it, and, and everybody has said the same thing, but we should have followed Rick Pitino's advice when he said, let's push the season back yeah. two weeks, just, you know, just to make sure everybody is healthy and, and safe. Uh there's just there's just so little margin for error when you're talking about all of this. You know, if 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 God forbid, you know, somebody from the support staff uh, gets sick at UK, do we? You know, are we looking at two weeks? Uh, you know, strength coach Rob. You know, if, if if he gets sick, you know, God forbid that he did. You know, do we quarantine for two weeks? I mean, it just takes one person associated with the program, and then. You know, boom! You've lost two weeks worth of games, and at this point, you know, at one and five, you can't afford that. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, just about a minute left, Steve. But let me ask you quickly about the the football Wildcats. How surprised are you that nobody else has opted out? You know, because I thought we might see some some players just trying to play it safe, and no one would blame them. But you know, and Kelvin Joseph quits after the before the last game of the year. But you know, we've seen in other programs. 
But you know, Benny Snell, Josh Allen, they never, they didn't give up on playing right. the ball, and no one would have blamed them. But uh, are you surprised we haven't well, seen I, that I yet? Think that, I think that says a lot about Mark Stoops and what Mark's the culture that Mark has has uh, developed over there. You know, if if anybody was going to to not play in this game, I would have thought it would have been, uh, you know, the quarterback. I thought that that Terry Wilson. You know, he kind of came out there at the end of the season, and he it, it kind of sounded like he was maybe you know kind of glad that it was all over and yeah. done with. But to see that he even uh, wants to play in this game, I just think it says a lot about where UK is as a as a football program and as a, as a football family, and and that squarely is is due to to Mark Stoops and all the credit you know should go to him. Uh, but I, I'm glad that Kentucky uh, is going to go going to go play in that ball game with yeah. all their their bullets you know so to speak because yeah. i, I want to see you know after having some time off and spent time with family and holidays which they much needed you know exactly how they come out and play against a, you know a really good north carolina yeah. state team yeah i agree steve thanks for jumping in have a great holiday sure. and happy birthday to your daughter at what is it a day late thank you but um yeah we'll see you down the road just not over in louisville all right the arm is always warm Thanks. Coming out of the bullpen, Steve Moss. And we're back to close up this edition of the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Dick Gabriel sitting in for Tom today. We thank you for being with us. Apologize for whatever problems we had, and we will straighten them out and uh, get Kyle Tucker back on because it's always fun to hear from Kyle, who covers the Wildcats. And uh, we are to, right now going to tell you all about the uh, this day in U.K. history. Uh, it, this was the day, gosh, what year was that? 1996? Anyway, uh, that Tim Couch verbally committed to Kentucky. So it had to be before 96. Uh, but Tim Couch verbally committed to Kentucky and made Kentucky fans everywhere Wildly happy. Went on to have a great career for number one draft pick by the NFL. And a happy birthday to my buddy, Derek Ramsey, another tremendous U.K. quarterback and an SEC champion. For Shannon the Dude, Dick Gabriel, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on 